think I'm gonna turn myself down a little bit because the feedback's feeding back. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> let's see. Welcome back to Rachel Profiling. Today I have an episode with another Berkeley kid. I'm here today with Wyatt Moran. Did I say that right? Yes. Swag. Yes. So we're going to divulge on all things musical, about life, about liberty and justice and truth. Not really. Um, we're just going to chitty chat because I feel like, you know what? I think everyone has something special that makes them them. And I, I Wyatt and I kind of like know each other. But we're in an ensemble. Actually, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit first before I jibber jabber on. Uh, yeah, I'm Wyatt, singer, songwriter, musician, extraordinaire. Love. Um, What's your primary? I'm a bass player. Ah, uh, yes. My primary instrument. Um, I was a third semester, and now I'm taking a semester off. I'm 20 years old, born and raised in Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, let's fantastic. Vibe. Yeah, let's vibe. Uh, so I met you because we were in the same ensemble together our first semester, right? First semester. Yeah. Long ago. Let's talk about that. Okay. I have some, some grips, some qualms. Not really, but I was thinking <laughs> about it. And mm -hmm. I was trying... First of all, first semester was a ride for me, you know? Um, it's so, yeah. It's so. Wild time. Just like because we go to Berkeley in general, which I feel bad because I feel like a lot of the time on, on like the podcast, I'm like, yeah, Berkeley needs to be more diverse. And, you know, like Roger Brown, what's he up to? But mm -hmm. I truly, I do love it. And I feel like there's so many fantastic people. And I was so excited to meet everybody. But it was, I don't know for you, but it was so hard in the beginning to like try and make friends or get to know people. Yeah. No, I, yes, I'm not, I'm really not like a very extroverted person. So that in particular, I think when I got here, I felt like I knew like three people and I was just kind of along for the ride and I would like tag along with them and like meet people that way. But I mm -hmm. wasn't like, you know, I wasn't chatting it up in a lot of my classes or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's odd. Um, especially when you feel kind of intimidated sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. or like you're in um, situations with people that you're like, oh my gosh, this person is like so good at their instrument, you know, or any, whatever. That part. So you just kind of get like vibed out of like, yeah, out of like talking to them or saying like, oh, what's up? Yeah, I was thinking, At least in my experience. No, I totally get that because I feel like for people who aren't in music school, the best way for me to explain Berkeley is like if you got all like the music kids, like, you know, the people in your high school who are like the music kids and you put them mm -hmm. in like one school, it's a lot in like the best way, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just thinking back to when we were in that ensemble and I just remember like trying so hard to get everyone to like chitty chat and just because I was like, I don't want to sit here in silence. And I mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times I'd say something and I look at you or I'd say something and I look at our like uh, Karis 
who was one mm-hmm. of the other girls in our ensemble. And I felt crazy because our professor or like our, I, yeah, I guess like he's our professor or director. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. He's, he's fun, fresh, love. Um, but he made me feel crazy. Because I felt like there was like one week where I, I like flipped a switch and I was like, I want to be friends with everybody. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'm comfortable now. And then do you remember the day where he was like, what do you got on your water bottle, Rachel? And I was like, I'm just being myself. <laughs> and he's like, you're drunk. Yes, I do remember that. It was wild. It was, I think the energy in that class was just like so low a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so you would come in and like actually be... <laughs> talkative and like yourself and everybody was like whoa but it wasn't <laughs> in a bad way i was always like rachel's really funny oh, and it's like i appreciated you. the the jokes and like the the um the wildness sometimes i think more oh. than some of the other people did i thank you i need this is basically me just asking for reassurance because i <laughs> i felt um i felt kind of crazy after maybe i shouldn't use that word but i felt a little uh gobbledygook a little a little mm-hmm. wobbly a little you know like the that our professor was like oh what's this girl up to she's a little she's a little mm-hmm. out of pocket um but mm-hmm. it was it was a fun ensemble with, we did first of all we did frank ocean and we did Classic. a little stevie wonder so that was really fun um but you played bass for that ensemble right yes there were honestly like a lot of really fun songs that we mm-hmm. got to do yeah, the well, we did that Carrie Underwood song too. Mm-hmm. And the I think it's Brown Eyed Lover. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah, Alan Stone. Uh, the there one were about yeah. the car. And like the, yeah, digging the keys in the car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Before he cheats. By yes. yes. Okay, so you're a bass player, but yes, I feel I like I see you singing all the time, and you're getting into <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. Um, I started playing bass first but then I kind of transitioned into playing guitar and like singing and playing by myself so bass has always been like the instrument that I'm most comfortable on but I find myself now like being here and like pursuing a degree in like um songwriting and music business and whatever um I'm writing and playing a lot more like guitar than I am bass which so, is fine, but it's like, you know, it's the uh, the instrument that I auditioned on, so yeah, I still do that too. So when you, well, I want to ask you about, because I feel like I never ask anyone about, like, their audition process. Like, did you know you wanted to go to Berkeley? Yes and no. I think when I was, when I was really early in high school, I was like, oh man, it would be super cool to go to Berkeley. And then I got um, older and I got hip to like Maggie Rogers and I was like oh my gosh like yes. I need to go to Clive Davis like this is my future like I uh, this is where I have to be and I I just watched my um like audition video that I sent to them that was from like two or three years ago now to, to NYU was, or to Berkeley to NYU yeah, yeah, yeah and it was awful <gasps> I was like oh my goodness I'm not surprised at all that I didn't get into Clive Davis, but I was always like, at that point in my life, I was like so sure that I like, that's where I was going to go. So Berkeley was honestly kind of like a, not like a backup, but it was like my second choice. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you want to go? 
and were you I was so set. So we would have ran into each other one way or another because I also was the same way. I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. Steinhardt no matter what. Like, I'm going to go be music ed at NYU. They take 20 kids mm-hmm. in, um, like, a year for their music ed program. And I was so dead sounding. I was like, even if I – it was so – looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like – I feel like I, I get so frustrated reflecting on, like, who I was senior because I felt like I was so mm-hmm. – narrow-minded about it because berkeley's a fantastic school and like we're oh, i feel yeah. like i've yeah. grown so much as a musician as mm-hmm. a person Absolutely. But I, was, I was like it's nyu or bust you know um mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna go to NYU, blah, 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 blah. uh and i was like i don't even care that i wasn't even excited when i well i was excited when i got into berkeley and then i was like okay now i'm mm-hmm. waiting to hear back from nyu um mm-hmm. and i got waitlisted but that's okay because i think it's genuinely like for the best um yeah yeah and I'm so glad oh, to have I can't even imagine. Yeah. No, looking yes. back, it's crazy. Because then I think about, like, we didn't know the panini was going to happen. Like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we're in the piece de resistance. And it's like, if I wasn't <laughs> living in New York, I don't know, like, what I would have been doing. Because yeah. I would have been in the dorms. You know, Berkeley has a horrible... Well, not, I shouldn't say horrible, but I'm in an apartment because mm-hmm. we got waitlisted, like, the first year. Mm-hmm. So then it would have been like, how was your situation when, like, Berkeley shut down? Um, I, oh my gosh, I remember that email. Um, and it was like, oh, you have like a week to get all of your. Can I swear on the show? Yes, you can. <laughs> Are we eighteen plus? Oh, get all your like yeah. shit out of the dorms. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is wild. But I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh like extended family that lives like an hour away from here. So, oh, I basically just like packed up my whole dorm into boxes and then, um my uncle came and like picked me up with all my stuff and I just kind of like was able to leave everything there over the like the months that I was gone so that was really nice but it, that was such a shocking time it was I such remember. a sad and everybody week. and when we left it was like oh like we'll be back like in the summer or yeah, in the we fall like and weeks. it'll be just like normal yeah Mm-mm. yeah how long because you, you were here last semester as well right yeah I was were you doing remote? Yes, 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 yes. From Boston, though. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, it's tough. It's really challenging, I think, especially to do a music, um, college when you're not able to like really play. And I'm not even like a like a performance major. That's not like a huge part of what I was doing. But to miss out even like on the culture of like the like house shows and like DIY stuff is I feel like that was like such a part of my experience last year that to come back and not have any of that happening is was such a a bummer. What is DIY? Because I feel like I've heard that. Like, throughout, is that like the house shows, like in Austin and stuff? Like yeah, that? I think. Yeah, DIY stands for do it yourself. So it's kind of just like the, the um, music scene outside of Berkeley. I guess. Oh, I love that. So like all of those, all of those like house venues and like places where people would play shows that weren't actually venues. Um, yeah. But I like I before, and it was in Alston and it was like in an art museum. That's sick. Yeah. Who was playing? It was um, my friend Mason Roth from home. 
who goes to Berkeley mm-hmm. with us. I don't know if you know him. He he had a band. I don't know if they're still together. I think it's, I th- oh, I can't think of their name right now. I think it's like, <laughs> it's something like Fifth Sense or something of that sort. It's Series 8. The name of the band is Series 8. I'm so sorry, Mason. Noodlehead moment. It's Series 8. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, Mason. <laughs> but I went to their show. It was like Mason, Fran, um, mm-hmm. Jonathan, I think, uh, if these names you recognize at all. But it was really cool because I'd never been to Austin. And it was just mm-hmm. like, I miss the energy of like being crammed in a room with a bunch of musicians. And everyone mm-hmm. is just like losing their shit. Yeah. Well, I think it's such a it's such an interesting um, place to do music like that because I think you know when I was growing up, like the people who were coming to my shows, like my house shows or like my any shows, were not musicians for the most part. Like it was like my friends and like um, people that I went to high school with. So to come here and like be playing shows like exclusively for musicians for the most part, everybody just gets like so hype mm-hmm. and are like, everybody's like so supportive and, um, you know, excited to like go to shows and like hang out and, um, you know, rage sometimes. Um, it's just a cool environment to be playing shows like that. And yeah, like just having that much like musician energy, air quotes, in a room is um, electric. Maybe Ooh. is a good word for it. Yeah, I feel like there's just a different ambiance, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's just like we know we all keep that same energy up for each other because everyone knows how much work goes behind mm-hmm. what everybody does, which I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, I want to ask you, this is like maybe kind of like a weird way to put it, but like what's your shtick? You know, like what makes you tick? Like what is like, you wake up and you're like, yes, this is my passion in life. What's my thing? That's honestly, I don't know. I think it's honestly, it's been changing a lot recently. I do write and record music as like me, like as Wyatt Moran. And I have a new record coming out in like a month, a little less than a month now. But I think um, over the course of like college in general, I've sort of departed from wanting to be like a performer and be like the the brand or like the the person. And I would I think I'd rather be just like a songwriter. I really enjoy writing the music. I don't know that I enjoy the like the attention or like the the performing as much as I thought that I did when I was younger. And I think everybody has, you know, when you're like growing up or you're in high school and you're like, oh, I'm going to play like these big venues and I'm going to headline X or Y. But I don't know. I'm like, as I've gotten older, when I'm like 20 years old is kind of a silly way to say it. But I think my... um my goals have changed a lot in the past couple of years, especially with like the pandemic kind of happening. Mm, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like when you think about it, 20 years is a long time. Like we're young. Yeah. But you think about that's like, that's an elongated period of time. And then from like the moment halfway to you, 40. It, oh, ex- oh no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I really commend you, which I love like following you on Instagram and keeping up and everything. 
I feel like you're mm-hmm. really good at diversifying because I think that's super important for just like anyone who's in like the social media mm-hmm. or like music atmosphere is like diversifying like what you're doing. And so I want because I kind of like I feel like you have di- a lot of different projects which are all like super sick. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you about them because you have State House, which is your band, right? Yes. And do. then are you also I saw you kept tagging an account recently. It's I think it's like Three Birds. Yeah, that's my my label actually. That's run by a good friend of mine named Dylan Dylan Hilliker. We've been we've been tight for a minute. He's like a he's a friend of mine from back home in Minnesota, and we've been playing together for like five or six years. I auditioned for his band in high school when I was in like eighth grade. He's a couple of years older than I am, but. He used to run a festival that I played at and just started that label and it kind of made sense for us to keep working together because we've been working together for so long. So yeah, that's Three Birds, yeah, is is the the name. So that's who that is. That's tight. Also, your state house merch. I wanna talk about that. Yes. Yes. That we so why and I ran to each other like on the street like two weeks ago or something. And I was wearing, I bought y'all's hoodie, like, a few months mm-hmm. back because genuinely, like, that is, like, one of the coolest, like, merch designs I've seen. Like, y'all have, like, the tightest, like, it looks so, like, sick. Like, I just, you know, usually I don't really buy merch from a mm-hmm. lot of things. Um, but I was, like, I got, first of all, you always gotta support the hobbies. I think yeah. support is, like, the biggest gift you can give, like, your friends. Mm-hmm. But then also it just looks really fucking cool. Yeah. So, I mean, all credit to Sarah Hutchison, who is our designer that we worked with for that that run she, she like knocked it out of the park yeah I'm obsessed just with craziness it. yeah it looks so good because i didn't recognize you I, I was like mayhaps i know who that is and then mm-hmm. i think we just point at each other and i i yelled across the street i was like nice hoodie ah and then you were like oh yeah oh mayhaps i know <laughs> yes yes yeah so can i ask you about state house because did yes, you guys start that please. like beginning of berkeley and like what is that exactly we, um, oh man, I think it was like a month in. So me and Ben, who is our drummer, we roomed together and we met on like one of those like, like the Facebook incoming groups? freshman mm-hmm. Facebook pages and we both liked the same bands. So we were like, oh, let's live together. Um, and so we knew each other. And we were hanging out for like a month and then some mutual friends introduced us to Gia, who's our guitar player and other vocalist. And she was like, oh, I heard you guys are like wanting to play music or start a band or whatever. Do you want to like jam at some point? And we were like, okay, yeah, sure. Because we hadn't, um, we hadn't really found anybody at that point who listened to the same things that we were listening to. And then also wanted to play with us. So we were like, oh, this is sick. And so we played with each other a couple of times. And it was like almost immediately we started writing stuff. But yeah, it was like October, November of last year. So. So sweet. Yeah. So back home, because I feel like I remember hearing about it like very, very early on. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. everyone's already doing yeah. their thing. It was really cool to just like observe and see everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because I was telling you this before we hit record, like, I don't feel like I fall under, like, 
the scope of like being a musician sometimes if that makes sense mm-hmm. i think it might be because i'm music ed and i'm also scared of singing right. a little bit mayhaps <laughs> um mm-hmm. but i just love singing because especially for you as a songwriter i'm always so amazed by anyone who's like songwriting producing like doing all this stuff because mm-hmm. it has to come from like it comes from nothing, you know, at one point, you know? Yeah. And then your mind yeah. just thinks of it. Like, it. Do, so mm-hmm. when you're songwriting, do you think of, like, like, how, what is your process? Well, um, I've been doing it for a long time. I put out my first, like, record when I was a f- freshman going into my like sophomore year of high school. So I was like maybe 15, definitely couldn't even like drive a car yet. So I've been doing it for a while, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't really have like a super involved process. Like I think a lot of people do. Usually I will write something on guitar and I'll have or I'll have like a chord, like a chord um, progression and then something will be happening in my life I'll be like oh I should write about this and I just kind of sit down and like write lyrics most of the time before I write um a melody or anything because I at least for me I feel like the lyrics to a song are more important than like the way that they're sung that might be that might make some people mad but (laughs) that's just the way that I feel um so yeah, I'll usually have like a guitar part and then I'll write lyrics for it and then I'll play it a couple of times and try and find a melody that kind of works with it. Um, but I, it's usually, yeah, I just sit down and like, we'll write a whole song. Like I don't oh, like usually write, yeah, like I'm not the kind of person that is writing like a section or like, oh, I need to like fix this one line that I don't think is perfect. Like generally like idea or inspiration sit down write the whole thing and then maybe do like a couple edits like way down the road but yeah it's usually the problem is I I struggle with writing stuff when I'm not feeling inspired or like something isn't happening in my life like just this past semester I was writing a lot for school and like I always had projects where I was being forced to do certain things or like jump through certain hoops to write like a section of a song or whatever. And so I didn't really have the time or the motivation or the the inspiration to write my own, like my own personal music, which I think maybe makes me a bad songwriter, but... <laughs> think so though because i think that's just like a school and like a work thing because it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's all like intrinsic motivation yeah you're just so drained because you're like i like i know for me like being at music school it makes me sometimes like turn away from music yeah because i so Mm -hmm. strongly associate it with like this is like a grade this is class like i'm trying to learn piano right now for my degree Uh and i hate it because It's just to me, I'm like, I'm doing this for a grade, not because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, like, let me let me play a song on the piano. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, now I can do an inversion. Okay, turn this in for a grade. And so that's mm-hmm. why I, like, try to do stuff that's not music related at all. Mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't feel like work to me. It's because it's like, oh, like, this mm-hmm. is the truest, like, way I can feel more like myself. So yeah. I feel like that is... yeah. 
that's just like i feel like being in a music school is such a mind game sometimes mm-hmm. and it really takes you through like hurdles of like how do i approach this how do i feel about this yeah it's it's so funny that you're saying that i feel like i've i've been having that conversation with so many of my friends just recently like the the motivation behind doing like work that's music for school and like Mm -hmm. work that's music for yourself is like so wildly different and it's so it's like so different that you'll do music for school and then be so drained that you can't do music for yourself Mm -hmm. or like it's not it's not like fun like it used to be or it's just it feels different because you're doing it in such a different context that um it's just odd to kind of jump between those two different like Mm -hmm. modes all the time so true bestie so true bestie yes (laughs) um (laughs) so i want to ask you said you grew up in minnesota right yes was there like a big i want to ask you like was there like a big music scene there like what really got you involved and was like i want to pursue music as my career you know well there's like honestly there's like a ton of bands from minnesota and like the twin cities that are like super popular right now for whatever reason like hippocampus is from the twin cities um like milo and why not and there's a yeah like a bunch of cool cool people but i grew up um like an hour hour and a half away from kind of like the the place where all of like the the DIY music was happening so I was basically just um doing like coffee shop stuff for most of my high school life and then um Dylan who I was talking about earlier started a a festival that kind of catered to the greater midwest area I also I apologize there's someone like singing that's my neighbor. It's okay. I don't know they're if you can hear it. it. Okay. Yeah. They're, getting to, they're, they're going off. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dylan started this festival that kind of catered to the greater Midwest area. And I played at it the, I think my first time was the second year that it was happening. And I'm, I met like so many bands and like people that are super cool and I still like talk to now. So that was kind of, I think, the the catalyst for me really getting into it and like wanting to to do it professionally, because I was seeing all of these people that were kind of close but not super close that were really like doing it and like touring and you know getting signed to labels and all of this stuff, and I was like, oh, so this is actually possible because mm-hmm. I was growing up in a town where for the most part, there wasn't a ton of people that were finding success in music. And if they were, they were doing it like somewhere else, like they had kind of moved away. So yeah, that started happening. And then a couple of years after that, um, there was a recording studio that had opened um, in town called Carpet Booth. And I started interning there and really kind of learning how to produce and engineer and I was like oh this is like yeah this is, is what I want you, to do like you mix and master and you yeah like, able yeah to yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 
So, so sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, and I mean, I learned how to use Pro Tools mm -mm. and mm -mm. how to like mic stuff and how to give production notes and how to like hang out with people and not be weird, even when I'm not super well-versed in the kind of music that they're making, which I think are all good skills to have as a musician. For sure. It's so much of being a musician is just the vibe and like the way that you carry yourself, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people maybe do talk about, but not with each other. Like if you, if you walk into a room with somebody and they're like, kind of like, you can you can tell most of the time if you're gonna enjoy like playing with them or recording with them or just hanging out because that's really I think all that music is at the end of the day is just like you hanging out with a bunch of other people. That's a good way to look sense, at so. it. No, that does because I yeah. think a lot of it is like you can't make necessarily well you can but there's a you can tell a difference when you're listening to music and the people really enjoyed working together and they enjoyed mm -hmm. making it because there's a sense of camaraderie to it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, yeah, you, it's so important to have, to be comfortable with mm -hmm. the people that you're creating with, you know, whether it's just playing live or like recording or writing or anything, because it's such like a, an intimate thing sometimes especially if you're recording or writing with with other people like they're your stories like your small children that you're kind of giving up to these other people and so you want them to be in good hands you know mm -hmm. so if it's like some some person that you're not super comfortable being around it can be kind of intimidating or scary to to do something like that what does it feel like when you like release a song? Like, do you, what is like your favorite part of like, is it the songwriting process or recording it or like the release date? I think I really, I do enjoy writing and recording probably more than having to like push something out mm -hmm. into the world. I think that's the hard part for me, especially because I'm not a huge fan of social media just in general like I hate having to do the weekly posts and having to like share all this stuff and like oh keep streaming the song or you know keep keep buying stuff ha 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 <laughs> it makes me feel not nice it can feel but I love like, like when you're like in elementary school and you're like hey will you buy these magazines to help yeah. me like, go to like like water park please mm-hmm it, yeah, it feels very self-centered and um, I, it just feels weird to me to like be asking people to be, pay attention to me, like look at what I'm doing, like it's so cool because I feel like there's a lot of things that are cool or important or, you know, whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it's just never been my my cup of tea to like have to push all that stuff mm -hmm. um out into the world but I really do I think I guess it kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier like I don't really enjoy being the performer or the brand anymore and I would much rather be just like the songwriter or the the producer 
Yeah, I can so. definitely see how it's like a weird give and take because it's like obviously you want people to listen to like what you create and your art because it is your mm-hmm. art and it's a part of you. Yeah. But at the same time, like it does feel kind of like I don't know, like if the word like nasty is right weird, but like sometimes pushing stuff on being like, hey, listen to this, like listen to my podcast, watch this video mm-hmm. I made. I feel very like transactional almost or i'm like hey like yeah you're like you should be like watching as well i'm like no one is obligated to do anything but like this mm-hmm. is like something that made me feel really fulfilled and i feel like you would enjoy it too yeah yeah i think it's and it's such a fine line between like being like hey this is something that i'm really proud of and i think that you know you would enjoy it too versus just like trying to sell it to someone yes. and be like hey this is this is the best thing ever and you're gonna love it and i guess i guess that's really where the yeah like that's really where the the challenge is and like in social media and kind of promoting yourself just in general that's something i've thought about a lot like freshman year i definitely i feel like i talk about this a lot and i my opinions like have changed about it because i feel like i came off as like such a chotch um whenever i would talk about freshman year because i talked a lot about like I guess, like, quote-unquote, like, hustle culture. I feel like at Berkeley, this was probably my own insecurity, too, but, like, as, a, like, a vocalist, I feel like mm-hmm. there was, like, this pressure or this, like, unspoken, I guess, like, um, rule of thumb that, like, you have to be posting covers all the time. You have to be doing this. And, like, I'm not mm-hmm. meeting, like, this quota because I'm a vocalist. Yeah. I have to prove myself, it felt like. So it felt like I was seeing covers all the time. And it's obviously, like, I love, like, I love listening. I love supporting. I never want to sound like I'm dogging mm-hmm. on someone's hustle because... Yeah. The thing is, I'd notice, I'd be like, okay, are people doing this because they feel like, you know, like, they just want to, like, become famous, which is fine, or is it because they're doing it out of genuine fulfillment? Because and they're actually excited to share yeah. the song with, with people, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I felt like there was this, um, like, being in music school, just, like, I had to, I guess the word would be prove myself, but I felt like I wasn't meaning, like, this this standard that there mm-hmm. supposedly was, which no one, like, it's something yeah. I made up in my own head because I was insecure about mm-hmm. my voice and so on. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's really hard um, not to compare yourself to people, mm-hmm. especially, like, at a at a place like this. I think that's something that I really struggled with for a long time. Just, like, you know, yeah, seeing all the covers and all of the, like, chop videos and being like, oh, my gosh that's like incredible like I can't believe that like I am at a school where like this is what people are doing but I think you know you just kind of have to pave your own path and if it doesn't feel natural to you then don't do it and if you're excited about something and you really feel like it's it's worth sharing and you're excited to share it then do it but I think at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's wasteful to, to wonder about why other people are doing what they're doing and like what their intentions are. And it's more important to just think about how you feel about stuff and like what your intentions are and why you're doing what you're doing. Agreed. I love that a hundred percent. Cause I feel like that's such a great way to look at it. Cause I definitely got stuck in this mindset where I was like, what am I doing here? Like, why I don't like so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. And I realized like, I felt like looking back, I just get frustrated because I felt like I was being so self-evolved and then sounding like holier than thou, which is never like how Mm -hmm. I want to come off. Cause more than anything, I think it's great that everyone's creating and pursuing their dreams. Um, but that just like to be like very candid, uh, 
that definitely like being at music school set me in a spiral because I genuinely like yeah when like when you met me like I didn't like singing like I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. really like enjoy singing probably until like mayhaps like the like beginning of like this past semester again mm-hmm. um, just because being at music school I feel like it's like a mind game of like confidence and like how you feel and, like what you're creating and and then like grades too to throw it in with it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's hard it's a lot of different things coming at you at the same time and when you're comparing yourself to other people and trying to like meet like a deadline for a project and you know trying to work on your own music that's outside of school it's it's wildly stressful and very challenging to still find enjoyment I think sometimes you know when it feels like so much of it is like a a task or you're comparing yourself to other people or what have you yeah felt um i want to backtrack real quick because i just remembered this yes. you mentioned that you want to go to clive davis because of maggie rogers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i recently found out she went to five week like she was at berkeley yeah there was the i think there was a video that was like floating around just recently that maybe I, she posted of her so. performing at five week i think it was yeah. anybody off of her new album i might be wrong mm-hmm. like feel free to correct me um, that record's so good. It is. It's it, and would, the fact that you can like listen to like her progression, like when she was like really really mm-hmm. young, insane. Yeah, I remember um, those two of her old records were on her Bandcamp page for like forever, like since she started. Um, I guess it like never really disappeared, but at the same time that like everybody was kind of getting hip to her and that like her record dropped like the new one i was like oh this is great i wonder if she has any other music and so i like you know kind of went on a deep dive and those the songs that are on the new album have have been on her band camp for forever there's this one song blood bank that was like or blood ballet blood bank is a bony bear song no <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and I just, I remember listening to that, like, so much in high school and just being like, oh, my gosh, like, what I would do to have this on Spotify. And now it's, like, it's finally, oh, so good. So you've been listening so for, like, a while, got while. Announced. Yeah, yeah, probably, like, since a little bit before um, her, yeah, her debut came out. I don't know when that was. Was that 2019? I... Are you, are you talking about the one that Falling Water was on or like the yeah, one that like yeah. dog years was on? Yeah, I think that was 2019 because I remember the first song I heard was when like I was still using like Pandora, you know, like when <laughs> like it'd be like the radio that mm-hmm. would just like give yeah. me like suggestions and I heard Alaska and then I watched like her video like with Pharrell. With when they Pharrell, were, yeah. Yes, yeah, iconic video and I would be like sitting on the bus. It's like 6 a.m. in the morning and the sun's rising and I'm like, yes, I come at Salmon Dog years. <laughs> I'm like sitting on the bus. That's mm-hmm. when I remember um, finding her and something about it, it just feels like her, her music is like when I listen, I'm like, this just feels very like genuine at home. I don't mm-hmm. know, something about it. Such an energy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, what was her last single, like Love You For A Long Time. Yes. Just so good, so mm-hmm. fun. I think I remember when that came out. Um, one of my friends was like, "This sounds like an old Taylor Swift song," and I was like, "Yeah." I think I remember like that kind of like, that. yeah, like the folk pop, 
vibe is so in right now and i think she does it like in such a a nice way and such an interesting way that i really i like it i think it's safe to say she brought it back or she like yeah. made it like more mainstream because now we have like folklore evermore and i think phoebe bridges mm-hmm. bridges falls under that category i haven't listened yeah. to her music but yeah i keep hearing about her Oh, you'd love it. Yeah, because I know she did a song. She did a cover with Maggie Rogers. Of Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yes, yes. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was another. I think that's like the, that's like the new genre that's in right now. It's kind of like the, the, the quiet folk pop. Like, it's so good. What do you think? I'm a sucker for all of that stuff. In, in like the the indie sphere i think it was like the super heavily chorused guitars and kind of like the psychedelic stuff kind of like, like mac demarco was like mm. that was what was cool for a while but now i think we've i think things have kind of transitioned into evolved evolved yeah into this kind of more folk oriented pop music what is instead like of your... like the garage rock mm-hmm what is like your music taste? Because you were talking earlier about how like uh, the people who are in State House with you, like no one else mm-hmm. had really listened to that music that like you really enjoyed. So what would you say is like your favorite breed of music? It's tough. I feel like it's it's changed even like since I got um, to Berkeley, but I really enjoy. Um, I don't know. I I hate using like genre tags because I feel like that's kind of like a silly way to think about um, music and like trying to put things in boxes. But I really love Bon Iver. It's probably my favorite um, artist of all time. I'm trying to, I honestly, like I just need to look at my Spotify right now to understand what I've been listening to and what my, my jams are. I've really I've been listening to a lot of Bruno Major recently. Um, I just got hip to Muna. Muna is really cool. Um, Phoebe Bridgers, the new Phoebe Bridgers album was sick. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it kind of goes all over the place, and like I'll be listening to, you know, like the the um, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers one day, and then I'll be listening to blonde by frank ocean the next day and then i'll be listening to like some like stan getz album the next day it i don't know it it really it really does fluctuate often i try to i try to um to it digest all different types of music i feel like as a a musician myself it's kind of my job to be listening to all of the stuff that comes out and kind of have an understanding at least of, you know, different styles and genres or whatever. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I feel like I've been listening to like being honest, the same, like, like three albums for mm-hmm. since like 2019. That's also cause I'm just a nostalgic bitch. So yeah. I just, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm driving in my Kia soul again, back home in Houston. <laughs> so it's just like blonde over yeah. and over 
over, and then like a little bit of Daniel Caesar, a lot mm-hmm. of Daniel Caesar. But mm-hmm. I've been trying to diversify a lot recently, and I feel like I've gone honestly. I feel like I've gone more into like the style that you like, and mm-hmm. also let's talk about your latest song. Yes, we can't talk about it. Yes, I think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think it is too. It really gives me like. Walking in, because I, I walked it, so I work at Urban Outfitters, like, down in, like, mm-hmm. downtown, like, Faneuil Hall. Yeah, yeah. And so, it gives me, like, the energy of when I'm, like, in, it's, like, gloomy outside, and I'm right in, like, the garden, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically. A nice yeah. walk in Boston. Mm-hmm. That, um, the cover, the cover photo, the cover art for that single was taken in the comments. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, I think it's, I, I recognize it's, that. It's literally like right Boston kind of Bears. in that area. Yeah. Are you, you love do it. you I'd love to see it? Do you love living in Boston? Like, how do you feel about being in Boston since you also moved here from out of state? This, I would love it here. I think the East Coast has such a unique vibe and people are very real here for the most part. And, you know, I, whenever I, I'm, no disrespect to like California or LA or anything, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a very like networking based place versus here. Um, people are really like genuinely interested in like who you are as a person and like how willing you are to, to work. I don't know if that makes any sense. And I probably no, just made does. a lot of people from the West coast upset, but <laughs> I think I don't know. There's a there's a definitely like a vibe in the city that I really enjoy, and I think of of all of the cities that I have been to on the East Coast, this is definitely my favorite. Do you think you'd like end up here for like living? I could, yeah, I could definitely see myself continuing to live in the greater Boston area. I feel like it's the the perfect sized city. You know, That's true. like I think yeah. New York is really big and a lot of other cities are kind of can feel very small sometimes, but it's like Boston is, it's really you know, walkable, but it's yeah, like a city, mm-hmm. like big city. Yeah. There's, and it's like, there's like downtown, which is like kind of like the city city part, but mm-hmm. you know, you walk 30 minutes in any direction and you're kind of like out into like more of like the burbs i guess are like just kind of different neighborhoods that feel less populated and that you can like walk around and there's like yeah feels like yeah you can walk 30 minutes in any direction from downtown and be in a place that's not a city anymore or more like a like a suburb or like a neighborhood than just like big buildings that are 20 stories tall and you know yada yada so it sounds like you're more of like a suburbs like low-key person yeah yeah i think so i enjoy being able to not hear like traffic all the time and be outside and not have like a million people everywhere and have like you know like a nice in the post-COVID times, like a nice coffee shop where I can go sit outside and like read a book and the pavement moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shouts uh, out. Shouts out. Yeah, the ice matcha latte with the everything mm-hmm. bagel and Ooh. cucumber and banana on it. 
We've had we've had conversations about pavement bagels. We've had before. multiple conversations yeah. about pavement. Yeah. It goes. Mm-hmm. Uh super random. But I just remember this didn't one of your didn't um the YouTuber best dressed, Ashley, did she use one of your songs once she and then did. she like, she didn't give you credit? That was such a weird thing. <laughs> she found an old song of mine from SoundCloud that I had posted like like four years ago and then put it in one of her videos and like to her credit she did like tag me she was like by Wyatt J. Moran on SoundCloud but didn't like tag my actual social media or like let me know that she was going to use the song in the video so I DM'd her and I was like hey like (laughs) you used one of my songs in your videos like I'm fine with it, but if you could just like tap my social media, I'd appreciate it. And then no response, but that video got like, I think it's got like 3 million views now. Yeah. And a a bunch of people were like, yeah, a bunch of people went to the SoundCloud and like found my Spotify anyways. So I, I can't complain about it too much. Oh, I was watching the video just because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching mm-hmm. the video just because I subscribed to her. And then I was listening and mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, maybe. And then I like looked at, I was on Instagram while I was watching the video. Yeah. And then I think I saw one of our friends was like, what, what's in the best dress video? What's <laughs> on? And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I was, I was so confused because I remember <laughs> like somebody texted me and was like, hey, like you're, I'm watching a YouTube video and like your song is in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like is this like some is this like somebody that i know that's just like using my song me. because of <laughs> me and I, yeah i was it like was is this like rachel that's blog. like yeah and then it was like an actual it's like yeah a, she's got a huge channel and like a huge following i was like oh my gosh that was so weird and then like all day i was just getting like dms and texts from people like oh my gosh best dressed used your song in one of her videos and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> yes, that's so fun yes 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 that was yeah. That was a cool. That was a cool moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Top ten moments. Mm-hmm. Maybe no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I have one last question for you. Unless there's like anything else you want to cover, I feel like we really got to know Wyatt today. Yeah, so. we got to know each other. Yes, exactly. We got to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Know yourself. So, one last question. This is my favorite question to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your dream? It doesn't have to be music related. It could be like anything. Like, what do you want to like? It could be like if we're thinking of capitalist terms, like what's your dream job, mm-hmm. or if we're thinking of like grandeur terms, like what is like where do you see yourself in fifty years? Just what is like your dream? I don't know. That's kind of a a loaded question. I think I just want to be uh, a good person and somebody that people think is a good person i think anything past that is kind of subjective and to be completely honest i don't really know what i'm going to be doing 10 or 20 years from now much less like Mm -hmm. a month from now you know I, i i just i want to live my life in such a way that you know, I'm not upsetting anybody and I'm kind of, you know, not wasting energy on being upset at other people. 
I think that, you know, rightfully, there are a lot of things in the world upset about, which I think is a good thing. But, you know, there are also a lot of things that are not worth your time at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just want to care about the important things and do good by others. And hopefully other people would do good onto me. I love that. That's, That's kind of really all you can really say. Yeah. Like. No, yeah, I really appreciate that. I feel like that that very much, I feel like, is a nice little button into, like, getting to know mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. And I, if, it's, I, if it means anything, I think you're a great person. Well, thank you, Rachel. I think you're wonderful as well. Oh, thank you. So swag. Well, yes, yeah, snaps, snaps, snaps. <laughs> uh, where can we find you? Uh, um, I think I'm at Wyatt J. Moran on everything. Do you want me to check? I, no, I, I soft, yeah. Okay, yes. yes. You don't have to check. That's Swag. probably good enough either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, dope. Well, thank you for being on today. Yes, it was a pleasure to be here. music and everything and such and bonding over Maggie Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I wish you a fantastic semester off doing your thing, getting work yes. done. Also, isn't, don't you have a, an EP or an album coming out yes, soon? Yes, I do. I have a record, um, Start Again, that's coming out the 19th of February on three birds uh probably by the time this is released there will be merchandise available if you would like to to order that or pre-order that um you can find that at nicethings.co slash wyatt j moran um disregard everything that i said earlier about hating the promotion (laughs) and the plugging uh (laughs) And yeah, you can find me on the social media. You can find me on the Spotify. World peace. World peace. Yes. Well, thank you for coming and chitty chatting with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Blizzard. Um, and y'all go out and be nice people.